Good morning. It is the 10th of January, 2024. And yesterday's news, well, the news I covered yesterday, the news that really broke the day before yesterday in the mid-morning afternoon, depending where you are, has really become kind of the litmus test for people. It's a litmus test on top of a litmus test. We've got plenty of news now that regardless of where your bishop stands on other issues, or if you don't know where they stand on other issues, their reaction to fiducia supplicants tells you everything you absolutely need to know. It's become the great litmus test. And a super chat right out of the gate. Thank you, Pink Nickel Vids. I do appreciate the support. Uh, thank you very much. Um, but it's become the great litmus test for our time. You can figure out where they stand on any other issue because there really is no other issue more important in reality than the great heresy of our time, the heresy that the world is fully embraced and that they and some groups just seem bent on the church fully embracing as well. And so their position on other matters doesn't actually matter that much because you can find out really what's in their heart and it's rejection of the gospel. Um, so it's become a litmus test for our time. The reaction to um, the news about that just bad book by Cardinal Fernandez, that is a litmus test for your commentators. That's a litmus test for any prelates. Most of them haven't commented on it yet. But the news is so new. Aside from Archbishop Vigano, which uh, Kennedy Hall covered what he had to say in detail. If you want to go check that out, it's Vigano. You, he says what you would expect him to say. Aside from him, I'm not aware of any bishops who have stepped forward and said anything yet, but I would expect we're going to find out some things from them very soon. But today's news really has more to do with a two reactions to fiducia supplicants that have come out in the last few days that are on polar opposites of things. And so I'll begin with the most uh, uh, the negative one, I'll say, and that is that in Ireland you have you have an Irish breed. Uh, the Irish Archbishop of Dublin has barred priests from saying no to the document. They, he said he, they are not even allowed to say no to blessings, period, full stop. They have to provide the diabolical blessings that the document calls for, which is interesting because Fiducia Supplicant says that the giving of these blessings is up to the individual priest, but this bishop has decided that it's not actually up to the individual priests at all. So again, here's your headline from the Irish Times, uh, double S types, cannot be denied a blessing, says the Catholic Archbishop of Dublin. Let's put Catholic in asterisks, or in quotes there at this point. A priest is now permitted to give short and simple pastoral blessings that are neither liturgical or nor ritualized of couples in irregular situations, Archbishop Farrell said. I'm going to remind you that I have a viewer who it was yesterday or the day before who said in my live chat that he was excommunicated for rejecting this. Okay, so I just want to remind you, he himself was excommunicated, according to what he said in my live chat, he was excommunicated by his bishop, maybe this bishop, for saying no, because according to that viewer, he was told the document was infallible. That's bizarre. <laughs> that document is clearly not infallible. The infallible declarations of Roman pontiffs are rare 
They're few and far between, and they're formatted in specific ways, and they contain a specific kind of language, none of which applies to this document. But at a more basic level, the infallible declaration by a pontiff cannot possibly contradict the previous teachings of the magisterium. Uh, it is, uh, according to this, Nolo, you've been a member for 29, channel member for 29 months, so thank you very much for your continued support. <laughs> Marian Dogma asks, if Francis is Catholic, that's a question I will leave you to, to answer for yourself, but Ireland has all but totally apostatized. Yes, there are faithful Catholics still in Ireland. I know their chat is this morning full of them, probably because they noticed well-known archbishop from their country on the thumbnail of this live stream. But Ireland has, without question, been at the forefront of, ex of accepting the James Martin sin and the Moloch ritual. There, that country had in its constitution the prohibition against that particular evil. And a couple of years ago, they famously came out in force to remove that, including a lot of Catholic priests supported that. So why are we surprised? But here's what that bishop had to say. Quote from the article. Couples in so-called irregular unions, including double S types, cannot be refused a blessing by a Catholic priest. Archbishop of Dublin, Dermot Farrell, has said in a statement on Monday, he noted how last month's Vatican declaration on the matter said, quote, prudence and attention to the ecclesial context and the local culture could also could allow for different forms of blessing, but not for, quote, a total or definitive denial. He's here refer referencing the um, actual clarification. That's where that comes from, is the clarification of the document. He, the bishop, notes how this latter point was emphasized in the Vatican Declaration and said, quote, anyone who in good faith seeks a blessing is turning towards the Lord and his way. A priest is now permitted, quote, to give short and simple pastoral blessings that are neither liturgical nor ritualized of the couples in this question, but not for their unions, he said. Remember, what makes somebody a couple is the union in question, no matter what we're talking about here. So this is, again, they, you be saying you he's contradicting himself directly. This underlined that, quote, the, these are blessings without liturgical format, which neither approve nor justify the situation in which, the people, in which these people find themselves, he said. The declaration makes clear that the blessings are to be spontaneous and pastoral without an approved ritual or book of blessings, he said. Archbishop Farrell recalled how last Saturday we celebrated the Epiphany, the feast of those who many considered on the outside. He continued, as Pope Francis brought out in his homily on Saturday, the journey of the Magi is the pilgrimage of humanity, of each of us, moving from distance to closeness. I welcome the declaration and the subsequent clarification, which will help us minister to our brothers and sisters who, who long for the closeness and compassion of God. End quote. You know what part's missing from there? The call to repentance, the call to conversion. There have been bishops, there have been priests, there have been bishops who instructed their priests that they can only give the blessing by calling them to conversion, saying that they must leave the situation they're in, the irregular situation they're in, and call them to conversion. I'd ask what kind of bishop this one is when it comes to other issues, you know, liturgical matters, um, repeating the Laudato Si nonsense, how they handled the 2020 situation, any other thing you can think of. But Fiducia Supplicans is the litmus test. It tells me everything I need to know, really, and tells you everything they need to know about where they stand on other issues. 
because at the end of the day, if they're if they're going to just play these word games that are on their face contradictory statements that justify evil, then they're, they're, they'll go along with anything else that Francis uh, does that upends the life of the church. So moving on, the question I've seen asked in the chat this morning and in my last couple of live streams really was, how much did the Vatican know about Fernandez's writings before he was brought on? After all, he's the author of Fiducia Supplicans. We're talking about this. And it turns out that they already knew. So here we can go instead from that, instead of that article, we will go to this one from um, a website called the, the iljournal.it. It turns out they, the, the Vatican knew. Note the headline, which I'm not going to be reading on this platform, but the article goes into sordid detail about the contents of the book, which by now you're more than familiar with, you're probably more familiar with it than you want to know, more familiar with it than I want to be familiar with it. But it does reiterate some of the more salacious details and terms and in detail that I'm not going to repeat here before it gets to this part. Immediately preceding the quote that I have for you is the assertion that the uh, apex of the marital act brings people closer to God, which, as we know, comes from various satanic systems, not from anything remotely Christian. And then we get to this quote. An assertion that many might find blasphemous and will cause discussion, given that it is owed to the guardian of Catholic orthodoxy designated by Francis. Fernandez was appointed rector of the Pontifical University of Argentina in 2009. Bergoglio, then Archbishop of Buenos Aires, pushed for this appointment against the will of the Vatican. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller confirmed that there was a dossier on the Argentine theologian in the competent departments. There were concerns about reports arriving on his writings by him. Before the book in question, in the Catholic world, there were already doubts about Fernandez because of the more recent book that we are all we were already familiar with. The Vatican knew. The Vatican knew about this while under Benedict Simon. And the question I have is, what was the bar for removing a bishop from active ministry under Benedict? This is the kind of thing you hear about. Kind of like, you know, when we go back to, I mean, what's worse? I, I, I my instinct said, my, my gut wants me to say that, you know, Maciel was worse, but is it? I mean, that chapter six is so diabolical. We went over it yesterday. Uh, Kennedy Hall went over it in some greater detail. I don't know what's worse, but we that question, you know, it reminds me of when we find out that the Vatican knew about Maciel for a long time before anybody did anything about it, you know, during the, you know, the 80s and 90s. So, again, what was the bar for removing Fernandez or for removing a bad bishop? They knew. Why didn't they remove him back in those days? Could have saved us a lot of trouble now. But they knew. And um, unfortunately, the Vatican did nothing at that time. And I'm not really surprising surprised by that. Now, interestingly, Fernandez didn't simply try not to allow the book to not be reprinted. We, he said in his article that I went over yesterday that, oh, you know, I didn't want this to come to light. This is why I, de I denied it being allowed to be reprinted. I don't even permit it to be talked about or be read from, you know, or and quoted in articles because I don't support it, yada, yada, yada. The non-retraction retraction, right? So someone I don't usually share much from actually did some digging, and this is from journalist Bree Dale. And we'll try to zoom in a little bit more so you can see what we're talking about here. She says her investigation for her employer after receiving a copy of the book has uncovered more to the story. The Cardinal did not simply stop the future printing, as he said. The book no longer exists. It's not listed on Amazon. There are no used books that you can find. 
not even in the IBAN catalog. When you look it up in the very, I mean, the IBAN catalog is how you find any book that exists. You type in the ISBN number, and where there's the book's ISBN right there, that if you have seen the back cover, that's where, I mean, that's the number that's above the barcode on any book. Like, if you've got a book at hand, um, I just got my copy of Credo in the mail, finally. It's how long, how back-ordered that book is. But if you were to flip the book over, on the back is the barcode. That's the the several-digit number on the back. But you type it's I, the ISBN number in there. And yes, they've had these since the 90s or the 80s. You type it into the system, and it's just not there. It doesn't exist. Kind of odd how that works out, isn't it? You have to have some serious sway to get your book removed from the digital registries for these kinds of things. One wonders how he pulled that one off because, look, if I had written a book in my ancient history that was evil, that would uh, that would basically <laughs> destroy my career. What would happen? Would I be able to pull it from the IS? No, I wouldn't be able to pull it from the digital registries. There's no way. Now he's the he was the Archbishop of. He was, but he was an archbishop before he was, you know, given his current job. She, what, what Miss Dale doesn't tell us in that uh, her report there is, you know, do we know when he managed to pull this off? And of course, probably the answer is no. I would guess that that was made to disappear sometime in the last few years, though, under Francis, that somebody in the Vatican pulled strings to make that happen, kind of like that report from um, the Jesuit superiors of then. Uh, Father Bergoglio that was given to Rome, detailing how he was completely unfit for the pre for the uh, to be made a bishop, let alone the priesthood. The that report can't remember the name of it, but that report has since been disappeared from the Vatican archives, according to those who are familiar with the Vatican archives and who have access to it. Catholic mailman, there is no mechanism for removing a sitting pontiff. There have been theorized speculation on how to do it from Cardinal Burke. But you would get instant schism from that. It, that it, that's what the result would be. And I almost wonder if that's why some of the stuff is coming out is to sort of as bait for that kind of thing. Um, would it even matter since well, uh, well, Dave, I mean, if uh, we can have an ISBN number, you can uh, track down more copies, and that's part of what it is. You could actually get preprints done that way. All right, so I want to give you the other half of the story, though. The other half of the what we're talking about here is the we're going to end with the pastoral letter of Bishop Rafael Escudo Lopez Brea. He's the bishop prelate of Moyo Bamba, which I'm not even actually sure where that is, but he's uh, if you know where that is, let me know in the chat. I'm we had a sleepless night in my house because of our uh, <laughs> of a um, a growth spurt that my nine month old baby is, and he's a uh, demanding food now twenty four seven. But it's, uh, this was published by Rorate Chile, and I'll just go over it with you. It's a pastoral message of the Bishop Prelate of Moyomaba on the Declaration of Fiducia Supplicants, published by the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith on December 18, 2023. So consider this like the opposite of what you're about to, what we went over with the Irish Bishop at the beginning. It says, Dear Priests, Consecrated, Religious, and Lay Faithful, Grace and Peace for the Nativity of the Lord. Faced with the unprecedented bewilderment provoked by the Declaration Fiducia Supplicants and the clergy and many faithful of its prelature, and in so many places in the Catholic world, I have taken a few days of prayer and reflection to respond calmly and serenely. 
The declaration allows, quote, for the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations and double S types, and in a very confusing way, insists that such blessings are done, quote, without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on the sacrament, making it clear that the here he it just repeats what the traditional teaching is on limitations of the sacrament and holy matrimony. This document damages the communion of the church, for such blessings directly and seriously contradict divine revelation and the uninterrupted doctrine and practice of the Catholic Church, including the recent magisterium of Pope Francis, which is why there are no citations in the entire declaration that rely on the previous magisterium, which is true. Everything is a citation to Pope Francis and a couple other minor things. In its 2021 response, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith with the Holy Father's rubric told us that, quote, the church does not have, nor can she have, the power to bless the, this type in question. Blessing those in an irregular situation and double S types is a, is a grave misuse of the most holy name of God, which is invoked over an objectively sinful union of evil things. Moreover, in the latter case, it must be emphasized that quote, such acts are disordered and above all contrary to law. See the Catechism of the Catholic Church. God never blesses sin. God does not contradict himself. God does not lie to us. God, who always loves the sinner unconditionally for this very reason, seeks his repentance, his conversion, and his life. God does desires good for all of us. The present declaration distinguishes between liturgical blessings and pastoral blessings and allows us to bless couples but not unions with, quote, pastoral blessings. This distinction leaves us perplexed and confused, for the act of blessing, whether performed in a liturgical assembly or in private, imparted by a minister, is still a blessing of the same nature. To bless a couple is to bless the union that exists between them. There is no logical, real way to separate one thing from the other. Why else would they ask for a blessing together and not two separately? The underlying problem is much more serious, and it is not, not a few brothers in the episcopate and priests contravening the objective morality of sacred scripture and sacred tradition have long been confusing the people of God with the indiscriminate blessing of these objectively bad and therefore sinful situations incurring in horrendous sacrilege. Given the lack of clarity of the document, we must follow the uninterrupted praxis of the church to date, which is to bless every person who asks for a blessing and not the types in question or those in an irregular situation. We will avoid all scandal, confusion, inducement to sin, and at the same time, we will continue to show the mercy that the church has always shown to every sinner who approaches her, above all offering him conversion, forgiveness, the life of grace, and eternal life. The church blesses sinners, but never their sin or their sinful relationship. Our pastoral charity towards those in sinful situations obliges us to call them to conversion. Every sincerely repentant sinner with the first intention to stop sinning and to put an end to their public sinful situation, such as, for example, living together outside of a canonically valid uh, uh, holy matrimony or in the double S type parody of it, can receive a blessing and even better sacramental absolution and holy communion. Dear priests and lay faithful, let us not minimize the destructive and short-range consequences resulting from this effort, made by some church hierarchs to legitimize such blessings, in some cases with good intentions and in others, as not a few have been manifesting, with the intention of destroying the sacred deposit of the church's tradition. On the day of my Episcopal ordination, I solemnly swore to, quote, preserve the deposit of faith and purity and integrity, and in accordance with the tradition always and everywhere observed in the church since the time of the apostles. Therefore, I admonish the priest of the prelature of Moyombamba not to perform any form of blessing of couples and the, uh, the types in question. 
since God does not want the uh, the end of the sinner, but is conversion to eternal life, I cordially and paternally recommend and exhort to these persons who feel that who are or have the James Martin inclination or in the irregular situation associated it to approach Christ through prayer, listening to the word, fasting, penance, and the help of the Virgin Mary with a view to their conversion, and to take advantage of the opportunity of conversion that God offers them for a happier life and the attainment of eternal life. Likewise, I exhort the priests and faithful of the prelature to continue to cultivate the filial union with the present pontiff of the Holy Church of God, Pope Francis, those who preceded him, and those who will come. It is the communion that moves me to undersign this present letter. With my affection and blessing, and then he signs it January 2nd, which, by the way, for those keeping score, I saw this letter the day before Fernandez issued his so-called clarification. Okay, so he issued that, and then Fernandez issued his clarification saying that bishops couldn't do exactly what he just did. So we will see if there's going to be um, any kind of problem for these good bishops, for Mueller telling priests not to do this, for Cardinal Seurat, as you're going to see in my uh, video on him today. It's going live shortly. You are going to want to watch that because Cardinal Seurat spoke about this and immediately people came down like, the, the wrath of their father below, basically, on him, too, because he spoke the truth about it. So you want to check that one out. It goes live in about half an hour for those of you watching this live. And yes, Pink Nickel Vids, thank you very much for the reminder. If you haven't hit like yet, please do so. Um, <sighs> Dory Provenick said he just officially left the parish where the weekend priest got feisty when he asked him about Akita, specifically. You know, a lot of... A lot of priests don't even know about most of these Marian apparitions. They know about Fatima, but most of them don't know about Akita. They don't know that much about La Salette. They know about Our Lady of Lords because of the pilgrimages there, but they don't know any of the messages they come with or the implied messages there. Um, I can't remember the name of the one, that, but there's one that said where Our Lady and Joseph stood there silently and staring off into a direction. I think it was in Ireland, actually. And when you actually look at the where they were standing, where they were facing what was going on in the church at the time, it turns out that that was actually itself a message. And I've covered it before. I just can't remember the name of it because of the sleepless night we've had in my household. <laughs> yes, Petra, Knock, Our Lady of Knock. Uh, that's one that people, a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, a lot of people don't remember that that might actually be a message because at the time it was going on, uh, Pope Leo XIII was uh, making a decision, I think, about the Our Lady of La Salette message and only re releasing parts of the message as opposed to the full thing. And yes, uh, it's uh, also the silence of it is thought to be a message for our time because it's a reflection of the, of, you know, the message of Fatima where in Fatima there's, you get that message of good priests and the, he who should be speaking will not speak. Right. So there's a lot of silence from those who should be speaking. So we will wrap it there. Is there any questions in the chat? If not, let's, uh, I'll wrap it up. So the, your final moments for some questions from the live chat. Um, Robert Richards, you've been to Knock. I have not. I would like to go. But he says, the Basilica of Knock looks so bad that I couldn't even find the tabernacle inside. Now, is that so bad as in it's in disrepair? Or is it so bad as in they let, they did to that place what they've done to Fatima, the, the Basilica at, at Fatima and other places where the place, it, is uh, brutalist architecture and completely doesn't look Catholic at all anymore. Let me know. 
Learen says, Article 41 of Fiducia Supplicants. Now, further responses should be expected about possible ways to regulate details or practicalities regarding the blessings of this type. So clarification voids it. It, it, it. it is funny that they clarified it, even though they said they wouldn't, but they had to clarify it because you had all sorts of different kinds of um, implementations going on. But the, uh, you know, I almost wonder if the clarification itself is meant to void the ability of, of uh, priests to say no, since that's now how we're seeing it being implemented. Robert Richards says it's both. So, it's, so it is a modernist building and it's got just, brutalist architecture that's unfortunate that, that uh, i really hate seeing when that happens to play to good parishes or to good uh, to these iconic landmarks in the church but you know it's to be expected right that's where we are in the uh, present state of the church i mean if you've been, if you've ever seen the footage from fatima you know what i'm talking about mary woolley who is in ireland says the tabernacle is in a side room ah well, okay well <laughs> that says you all everything you need to know about that also Triple F Studio says today I wrote my Archbishop's office to find out his stance on the on the document. Time will tell what I find out. I'm not hopeful. Yeah, if he if you get a very lengthy response to him, um, send it to me and let me know if your thoughts on whether I can share that or not. Okay, but send me. I'd be very curious. Um, all right. Bellator, I can't put that in the chat because of the group you named in your uh, thing, but I will say this, uh, that one act by France was probably one of the best things he ever did, but will the, will the lay lady be excommunicated for resisting? I mean, we already had a bishop in Ireland excommunicated, some, a listener of the show in the chat because of uh, he said no to fiducia supplicants, and my response to them was, it's obviously an invalid excommunication. Go seek out any alternative for the sacraments that you can. Um, it's a, it's tricky in Ireland because I was informed later that the SSPX have all four priests for the entire island of Ireland that they make the, they <laughs> that they have to go to you know independent underground masses there to provide the sacraments for priests for the whole country. Um, so my now suggestion is get plugged into the network for that and find out when they'll be in your area so you can have access to the sacraments. I'm, well, we have the example of a priest who publicly wrote stuff that you would send you a writing confession, and he got many promotions for it afterwards. So, Ben's who you ask in Rome now. Uh, ben, I've not even heard of that. Send me an email with links to that, including whether it was approved at least by the local ordinary, if not by Rome. And uh, so I can, because I, I like to talk about these more lesser known Marian apparitions, especially if they have a message for the future. Noct doesn't even allow the SSPX to celebrate Mass there. I'm not surprised by that. The SSPX, because of their being in canonical limbo, and because oftentimes bishops say claim they're outside the church when they're not, are not allowed to offer Mass in places, in official places. But in some other places, the bishop is very friendly to them and lets them use actual diocesan uh, facilities at times. DK says, yes, let's pray for the excommunicated listener. Yeah, that he, yeah, I, he, he will need your prayers to get to what he needs for uh, access to the sacraments. Uh, Pink Nickel Viz is from just north of Portland, Oregon. Okay, back in my old neck of the woods because I'm from Portland. <laughs> I lived for like 10 years downtown and uh, before that out in, uh, uh, well, I'm from like the Forest Grove, Cornelius area. So, huh. Hello to my former neighbor. Um, all right, folks, we will wrap this up here. Thanks once again to everybody tuning in. 
So you have the example of two bishops who are on polar opposites of the same issue, who read the same document and came to wildly different conclusions. The Archbishop of Dublin, who is who himself um, is behaving the way the Irish clergy have in the last few years on these kind of unequivocal social issues. And then a lesser known bishop from a place that I'm not even sure where he is. I didn't have time to look. Telling his priests in his diocese unequivocally no to fiducia supplicants. All of this on the back of the news about Cardinal Fernandez. And yes, they knew. The Vatican knew. Back in 2009, Cardinal Mueller knew. But he was able to get the appointments anyway. So Nolo says it's in Peru. Okay, well, that makes sense. All right, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.